With the Easter holiday just passing, and as we welcome spring, we wanted to highlight a tradition that we found not only odd, but pointed us to a case of a widely unknown Norwegian serial killer. When someone takes advantage of their power in caring for your loved ones, it makes the crimes that they commit even worse. This episode contains discussions of strange Easter traditions and murder. Welcome to An Easy, a podcast hosted by Lexi and Cecilia. This podcast is a collection of research based on haunting and mysterious events that will leave you feeling genuinely uneasy. Discretion is advised. So when you think of Easter traditions, what activities do you, does your mind typically go to? Activities, I definitely feel like it is Easter egg hunt with like the whole family, usually going to church in the morning, sometimes even like taking pictures at like the mall or something with like the Easter bunny, um, but like non-activity related, definitely like ham and like just the Southern type of foods and everything. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think of. A few things that came to mind were egg hunts, Easter bunnies, and then for some maybe going to church. But I think Easter has also become a consumer's world holiday as well. Um, So no matter if you celebrate it or not, all of these things are things that people tend to think of. But for Norway, they have a much different tradition um, where in the weeks leading up to Easter, they consume mass amounts of crime fiction media, which I thought was so strange. And it's been dubbed one of like... It's so odd, especially given the nature of the holiday in a religious sense. I feel like it's kind of really strange. Like if you would tell me that before Halloween, I'd be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. But Easter is supposed to be like when Jesus rose and everything. So it doesn't have like an evil like yeah. connotation to it in the non-consumer no, it's like way. The, the yeah. season of reborn, yeah. like starting new. The crime fiction really like threw me for a loop. And it's it's been dubbed one of the strangest traditions. Um, whether they consume, you know, this crime fiction through reading books or watching TV shows or movies – This is a tradition that's lasted over 100 years and remains true to this day. Um, Even bookstores clear out room for crime displays and milk cartons have crime cartoons on the side of them. So this country is like really devoted to this tradition um, around this time of year. That's literally so fun. I feel like I definitely need to visit Norway now. Like during Easter, obviously we both really enjoy true crime. So I feel like this totally is like such a vibe. I like that tradition more than like peeps and like hunting for um, eggs. Ooh, and Cadbury eggs. I'm not a fan of those either. So definitely would be down to visit Norway during Easter. And in 1923, this actually originated um, when a publisher took out a front page of a newspaper advertisement promoting a new crime novel based on a train robbery on one of the most famous um, Norwegian train lines. And so many people mistook the ad for being a real story, the way that they wrote 
the ad. It was a headline, like all in bold. And it made it seem like that train line had actually been robbed around Easter time. And so it allowed for the book to succeed beyond all of their expectations. And to this day, now crime fiction is related to Easter. Are you on book talk? The book? I am not. I'm, I kind of am, but I feel like I'm not. I get recommendations for the same book over and over so again. So the book, like TikTok, that I am on is where, like, people are telling a story and it's just, like, essentially, like, them talking about their life. And then at the very end, it's, like, them teasing a book, but it seems so realistic. Oh. And the way that they're telling right. it. I have like, seen it's those. the author and they're promoting their book, but this is exactly what, like, this is the technology version of this 1923 news article posting. Right, it is. I've seen those before where you're like, oh my gosh, how is this their life? Like, are they doing yeah. okay? And then it's a book. Yeah, I've seen that. This, like I said, led to the tradition of crime fiction around the holiday, and it stayed the same for 100 years, um, with Norway also having more time off than other countries for the Easter holiday, then they have even more time that they can devote to consuming this mass amount of crime fiction. I love how it's like, this is the time, like, we're giving you time off for, I wouldn't even call it Easter at this point, like, it's not Easter, it is, like, crime yeah crime day whatever you want to call it and just like yeah we're giving you more time to like read watch all the movies and everything well norway already gets like they their legal system and their like just hr in all companies is just better anyway i feel like so um i feel like they get this time off and companies expect them to like rest be super relaxed maybe go on a like a quick vacation and they're just consuming all of this crime fiction um but since norway has such a liking for crime stories i thought that i would research a case that comes from norway itself and we can partake in the easter crime tradition together so this is the case of arnfin nesset arnfin was a norwegian nurse who had been described as mild-mannered He took the job of a nursing home director at Orkdale Valley Nursing Home in 1977. Arnfin was described as a loner and mild-mannered, and he wasn't one to seek out conversation with anyone, which, hold on to that, because that's a common characteristic that we see um, in serial killers, that they're kind of described as being a loner, not having a lot of friends. Yeah, lacking social cues. He was born on October 25th, 1936 in a central Norwegian county, and he was born out of wedlock. And this was notable in the 30s in Norway, which is why I I included it. Arnfin mainly stayed with his mom as his dad never made a connection with him. And he, after high school, became a nurse. Um, So he was pretty smart. Orkdale itself, the town where the nursing home is, was known to be pretty small. It had a little over 9,000 people living there. And because of this, like any small town case that we cover, we know it's not common for people to think that there will be a serial killer on the loose in such a small populated area because everybody knows everybody. But that was not the case um, in Orkdale. Yeah, it's always the assumption, like, 
it would never happen to us. Like, oh, someone might be a little weird, but this is like our community. This is our town. And I feel like people also get kind of like they just they don't want to believe it because it's like in a way it makes them feel like they're like doing something wrong because it's like how did they not notice it in such a small town? Yeah, they almost have like a loyalty or like a pride about their hometown where they get defensive about it. Um, When Arnvin took the role in 1977, there was a string of deaths at the nursing home that began to occur. And even though some of these residents were old and they might have also been sick, that doesn't mean that they were going to pass away the next day. Like, there are people who live in nursing homes from age 65 to 105, and that's a big portion of their life that they still have left to live. Um, Some of these people might just Mm -hmm. um, need assistance with taking their medications, or um, they don't have any family nearby, so this was a good solution for them. So they're not necessarily dying. So they still should have been able to live out a good portion of their lives while they were there. And it's important to note that Arnfin wasn't known to have any direct issues with any of his patients. It turns out that Arnfin was killing people with strong doses of curacet, which is used in anesthesia and is a muscle relaxer when used in small doses. In large doses, it paralyzed the respiratory system and it literally chokes them to death. Oh my goodness. And I wonder, like, if... He was using that specifically because it's so common anesthesia that like, and just being a muscle relaxer, a lot of older people do take muscle relaxers in a mild dose. So I'm sure like most cases, they just weren't even looking for this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I did see in my research that this was also known to be used by some indigenous tribes as poison on their arrows so oh, wow this is a substance that can very easily be like tip the line of being used for medical purposes and poisoning yeah. um depending on how strong the dose is um and when he was asked you know why he did this he says over and over that it gives him a thrill this in no case was an angel of death killing by any means he wasn't like doing this to people who were specifically dying of you know terminal illnesses and were you know suffering he just kind of liked the control and the power of it that's so sad and he definitely like i almost feel that he applied for this role specifically because a lot of people aren't going to really ask a lot of questions when it comes to right a nursing home because at the end of the day a lot of people that are there or are nearing the end of their life so it's just like oh we weren't expecting their death today but you know their time just came but really they were being murdered yeah and i think that that's a big reason that even today so many elderly are targeted because there's the idea that they're, they're already helpless. And so, I mean, Arnfin did actually kind of work in that hospital before, and then he was technically promoted. But still, he became a nurse right out of high school. So 
Yeah. I mean, he might have been planning this. We might not ever know. Um, There were as many as 60 suspicious deaths that were investigated because people started thinking that this was just really weird. As many as 60 suspicious deaths were investigated because people started thinking that this was just weird, that as soon as a new kind of director comes in, all these people start dying. And he just kept going about his business, knowing that the deaths that happened in his nursing home were being investigated. He just kept minding his own, doing what he was doing, didn't necessarily stop killing people. And other medical staff would go into these residents' rooms to check their vitals, and then literally minutes later, they would be dead. And That's so suspicious. Yeah, and they started to put together the fact that Ornfin was always somehow connected to these cases of residents that had passed away. Either he was in the room or he was on their medical charts. And so they started kind of piecing that together. Ornfin was eventually arrested um, and he was reportedly described by psychologists as an emotional misfit with suppressed aggressions, which I thought was a really interesting way to describe him um after he was arrested he was actually initially very boastful about what he had done and told police exactly how he had killed everybody which i was like you did all this and just gave it up yeah and the way that he was continuing his actions even though he was being investigated and he was just murdering people for the thrill of it almost comes across as just like he doesn't care about any rep- like repercussions at all. Yeah. And so that's like how it's like coming across, just like giving yourself up that quickly. Yeah. Again, um, when he was asked by the police, um, he told them about the thrill that he got from killing. And that just sounds like a power thing to me. Like maybe he didn't have power in other aspects of his life. Um, and so this is where he got a lot of his power. And police said that he showed absolutely no guilt at all. Reportedly, he would even call in residents' families right before he killed them and tell them that they needed to like come in and see the family member, that they weren't doing well. And sometimes the family member would just pass away. Or they would pass away you know, shortly after the family got there. And he apparently got a lot of pleasure out of watching people lose their loved ones, which I thought was just terrible. That's really so sad because you send your parents, your aunts, your uncles, whoever, to a nursing home to have them receive the proper care that you can't give them on like an hourly basis or maybe even more so. So whenever you go, like you send them there, you're hoping that they are able to live out their life as to the fullest extent with the least amount of pain. Right. And then for you, for like, just to know that the exact opposite happened to your family and he was like excited about it, it would make me just so upset. Yeah. I mean, this was the person that was supposed to be literally in charge of the people taking care of. He was the director, and there are plenty of 
everyday horror stories that happen that happen at nursing homes as well but this is just like unimaginable that they're being taken way sooner than they really had to go police went to arnfin's home and searched it and found a stash of cursit which is what he was using to kill people with when he was asked about it he told police that he was using it to kill stray dogs that were gathering around the nursing home which i'm like that's not much better buddy but like are you just gonna track them down and shoot them up with cursit like i'm confused that's so strange and also why would you take matters into your own hands like get this drug and inject like get that close to a stray dog and inject them or whatever or shoot them with an arrow like the even ian's did or you could just call animal services and have them take care of it like it's not the best right. excuse yeah At this point in the investigation, he started to act like he didn't want police and psychologists to figure him out. Almost like he was too cool for them, which like is kind of annoying. He saw himself as very intelligent um, and almost carried an air about him that he just like knew it all. And psychologists deemed him completely sane before trial. Um, So this was not a case of mental illness at all. He confessed to 27 murders, but later takes back all of his confession when he finds out that he's going to trial. So he's basically like, oh, I'm just kidding. I I don't confess to killing 27 people. He became... Can you take that back? You can always take back a confession, but that's going to carry with you now throughout the trial as well. Um, he became super uncooperative with the case, which was a complete turnaround from the beginning of the trial or the beginning of the investigation when he told police everything that he did. When the trial started, there were 123 witnesses to go through. Because all of his victims were cremated, they had to essentially piece everything together through the stories of these witnesses. So this was a five month trial. It was like, oh my goodness. That's so long. Yeah, that's a really long trial. They had to go through all of these people and basically figure out, you know, now that he has taken back his confession to 27 murders, what do we actually have proof for that we can charge him with? Yeah, I feel like that's so hard. Yeah. Arnvin was super arrogant during the trial, and this was a characteristic that seemed to be much different from what he was described as before you know this loner who didn't um you know seek out conversation with others turns to this super arrogant person during the trial and it had been reported later that this was actually his true colors and he was kind of known to drop the mask in a way and reveal this when he was alone with other people not necessarily in a group of people so It's likely this is how he acted around the residents and patients that he targeted. That's super scary. Oh, sociopath. Yeah, super scary. Narcissist, sociopath, all of the whole. Yeah, especially narcissist. That's all like the way that he was like almost excited when he was arrested and everything and say that he got so much thrill. 
And then as soon as he realized what was actually going to happen to him, he flipped a switch. Narcissist. Yeah. He ended up being convicted of 22 counts of murders. Well, why did I say it like that? He ended up being convicted of 22 counts of murder. The investigators actually believe that he could have killed as many as 138 patients throughout his 20-year nursing career. But... Oh, my goodness. They only had you know, the evidence for 22 counts of murder. Yeah. Since Norway didn't have a death sentence for capital offenders, he was given the maximum 21-year jail sentence, which that's across the board in Norway, which is what I was talking about. They have a bit of a different legislative system than the U.S. That is very different than the U.S. Like, you could murder just one person here and get, like, a 30-year sentence. Right. And I think the basis from what I kind of know off the top of my head is that they try to incorporate more of like a rehabilitation program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like even their like prison cells are like really nice because jail isn't meant to imprison you for life. Essentially, it's meant to reform you and cause you to be a better person after you get out. Arnvin ended up staying in prison for only 12 years because he was released for good behavior. And then he was given 10 years of parole. So he killed what some believe to be 138 patients throughout his 20-year career. And he served 12 years. Now, keep in mind, there are people serving longer sentences for minor drug charges in the U.S. Just to put that in perspective. (laughs) that is wild and also i'm wondering if like genuinely he was reformed and that's why he was behaving well or if he was just playing a con as he's been playing this whole time putting up a mask and knew if he said the right things acted the right way he would be getting out a lot earlier than he was supposed to yeah Today, he is living out his life in an undisclosed location under a different name in an attempt to have a normal life. But in my opinion, he is not the one who needs protecting. Tune in next week as we discuss our part two episode to Alec Murdoch and his family. We'll be discussing his trial, what the verdict was, and why everything related to his family because of the trial and also the conspiracy surrounding why he did what he did. Tune in wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm.